Welcome to another episode of the Off Market Operator Podcast, you guys. Today, we are still on the boat for another episode with my man, Greg Helbeck, who splits time between San Diego, where I live, and uh, New York area. And he's an incredible entrepreneur and real estate business owner. He's got a good portfolio himself and flips and wholesales and does all kinds of stuff as well. Puts out a lot of really good educational free content on Instagram. He's not a grifter. He does the business. Um, he's not another course guy that's out there showing courses. So, um, great show today, you guys. And without further ado, we're gonna get right into it. People don't fail at real estate because they suck. They fail because there's too many ways to succeed. That's why I suggest you focus on the most important skill in all of real estate, which is finding deals. I'm Colbert Johnson, and in this podcast, I share the exact steps I've used to source 400 deals by age 24. This will allow you to do three things, control your deal flow, make unlimited income, and build your empire as an off-market operator. What's um, one thing in your business that you know you should be doing that you're not? It's hmm. a good question, dude. Um... I think being, and this is funny you're asking that because we've been going through some challenges with our, our team like recently, and I think it's being a little bit more of a savage with them. Not being a dick, but being more stern with them. I think I've been a little lenient, and I kind of wanted to really, you know, demonstrate to them that like I'm a nice guy and this is a team. And I think that behavior when I started lack like it caused our productivity to kind of lack and the standard went down a little bit and now i realize that and recently it's funny like the way you're asking that question the timing i'm a lot more of like a a stickler and i had to have a really really uncomfortable conversation with someone on our team the other day like really i mean i prepared for it but it was a relatively awkward conversation and because of that conversation the performance has immediately went up because i was a little bit more of like harsh and strict and like hey like this is, has to happen or else like there's no job for you here anymore like that kind of conversation i think i lacked that for a while and now i'm realizing that those conversations have to happen more often uh especially when you have other people that are you know working for you full time because it's like you know these are real jobs this isn't like a bullshit job yeah. you know the success in that department is like dependent upon them and you have to be you have to get them to realize how serious this is you know what do you think that is the number one skill you have as an entrepreneur or a trait that's allowed you to get to where you are in your 20s? Honestly, like, it sounds ridiculous, but just being a pig-headed persistence, dude. Like, just not getting phased by a lot of the failures. Because, like, dude, what I What was the term you used? Pig-headed persistence. Is that a New York term? I heard it from Frank Kern, who's a big marketer. We don't say that in California. Pig yeah, he was <laughs> California. Uh, yeah, I think it's just persistence, man. Like, just being, like, being able to persist through some of the, the obstacles and shit, like... I think that's been the biggest thing, because like obviously, like you know, this business is not easy. There's a lot of setbacks. There's a lot of drama. There's a lot of just bullshit, right? Like you're dealing with title issues and sellers and list pendants and like just being persistent and getting through it. I think that's if you summed it all up, I think it would have it. It has to be that, because a lot of people they, I would I always say this too. Like, I almost feel bad for the person who starts a real estate business and they like have a home run first deal. They make 70 grand or something like they're just jaded and they're like they think everything else after that is going to be like easy, you know, and I think in my case, I kind of struggled in the beginning and then it got me to like appreciate how how hard it is. And then, you know, once I started doing better, like it was like I kind of earned it and I didn't get lucky right off the bat. Um, actually, at the time I was pissed, but now I'm much thankful. Like I know you have to be persistent and shit's going to happen and, and this, that and the other. So I would just say persistence for sure. What's your number? Which number? The number in, that you have in your head that everyone does of like, hey, once I get to this number or this size of company. Interesting. That That's I feel it. like that we, we all set our own bar of like what's successful, right? 
Like the last guy that sat here was like, oh, 500 million. I'm like, well, that's a little excess. That's. I don't that's, think that should be your bar. Yeah, like, are yeah, you yeah. successful or not? But every it's each thrown, right? Like, what's yeah. is it when your business is doing five million? It's when your net worth is ten? Is it when you're? I think it's like, more of a net worth thing, honestly, okay. dude. I think it, because I, I think the net worth is something you can, like, that's you, like that, like, like the net worth is like, it's like. I feel like that is a really like if you're like in, like if someone's talking about individual like it depends like are we talking about individual success team success, I think it's a net worth thing. I think you know at least mine maybe would be ten fifteen million dollars. I think at that point I'm like all right that's that's why ten fifteen. I think that's enough money to and if it, I'm talking real net worth, not bullshit. Like oh I own a piece of this company. Like I'm talking like actual net like you could sell the properties in six seven months and liquidate most of that. Uh, I, I think at 10 to 15 million dollars, if you can actualize most of that and actually walk away with that in cash, you could invest that in like a T-bill or a, you know some low-risk stock thing and never have to work again. Assuming you're not living like a you know billionaire lifestyle, I think at that point you wouldn't have to work again. Yeah, it's That's like it's like Warren Buffett says, right? Yeah. So, and someone gave this example today of you know. Warren says, he's like, I, I drive to work the same way you do. I have yeah. the same phone you do. I have the same sheets in my bed you do. I just travel differently. And I think that's, <laughs> yeah. uh, there's a couple billionaires that have come out and been like, after 20, 30 million, your life doesn't really change. Right? After 20 yeah. or 30 million, like you, once you can, like, and I put out an uh, animation on this, but like, once you can eat wherever you want without worrying about the bill. Yeah. Once you can travel wherever you want at first class without worrying about the bill. And once you, your bills are on autopilot, you don't have to worry about it. Like, they, what, like that's really the three levels It's hard as well. to get much happier. Beyond that, it's all like you have to find ways to, to spend the money. Be like, oh, shit, I'll go get a Ferrari, right? But you're just finding ways to spend the money. So yeah. interesting, man. So 15, 20, is that because it's going to spit off a certain amount of dollars per month for you? Or is that is that because it's a... I think that's a, enough money to where if you wanted to stop working, you could actually stop working. So you're, and, and so you're working just out of fun for that. Yeah, just I, I, I think that's... An, I think you need to have that much money, though, because especially with inflation and all that, I don't want to get into politics, but, like, with inflation and, like, I think $10, $15 million, if you really invested that principle into something that puts out, like, a 5% yield or whatever, like, dude, you're never... You, as long as you're not living like on a billionaire house in Newport Beach, like, dude, you don't have to ever work again. Like, if you're making 60, 70 G's a month, like, net tax, like, like net, you net, could, net, net, unless you're stupid. No, I'm talking after yeah. taxes net. Yeah. Like, dude, that's almost a million a year in free cash for like, and you haven't touched the principal. You have a nice house, you fly yeah, you right have a, You could do whatever you want. You can go on vacation whenever you want. Like, this is like, I'm, this is like, I'm just talking like f legit financial freedom. Like, I personally, we could talk about this if you want. I have rentals right now. Those things don't make, on paper, they make money. In reality... They're banks. Yeah. They're, dude, it's a forced savings account, dude. Yeah. Like, and that's another bullshit thing I see. Like, rentals are great, but all these people yeah. online, dude, it's, it's like so complete cap, dude. bullshit. Yeah, dude. all of them. Airbnbs, all this kind of oh, shit. Oh, my yeah. God. Dude, I'm like, okay, yeah, with that, you make dude. 10 grand a month on Airbnb. Last month, and your tenant broke the whatever, and you lost dude. your cash flow of the year. Are you going to tell us about that? Bro, it's... Yeah, I think if you have that type of principle, say... Like, I, I, there's a great show I like called... It's called... Uh, my first million it's a podcast and the, the guy sam sold his company to hubspot i think his company was sam called park. the hustle yeah sam it's park the hustle. he's big on twitter yeah yeah like you know i think he sold it for 20 million probably walked away with 10 after taxes and he did a podcast the other day on how he like breaks his wealth down it's like yeah you got 10 million dollars you can invest that live off the interest they haven't touched the principal and he's making money in other areas like dude he doesn't have to work like i think so that's that's where i said that number i think it's a logical number to think about actually being set. And do you want to get there solely with your real estate or do you see yourself doing other kinds of business and and like how do you um, see yourself getting to that number? 
I think probably real. And I'm, I think I want to go bigger than that. I'm just and saying, is it, like, is it just your 1030 wanting up the ladder? Is that your goal or what? It, uh, I think it's buying more rentals. Like I'm buying, like I said, I have, I'll have eight rentals by the time, probably in like two months, because I have three in contract we're supposed to close on soon. I have five right now. Um, I think if I can buy, you know, six to 12 rentals a year for the next five years, and I'm doing these all like burr, like getting them at a discount. If I look at that over, you know, 60 months of that habit and that consistency, I should have, you know, a pretty good amount of equity, especially in the New York area I'm buying in. And at that point, you know, I could, I, yeah, I could 1031 them, I could ultimately sell them. I'm probably not gonna just sell them outright. That doesn't make any sense. Um, and then at the whole time, like I'm paying that principal down, the values are going up. I already have it at a discount. Here you can refinance. Hopefully at that, you were still making more money in our business. So I, I think it'll be through real estate, at least at this point. Um, I, I, I'm a big believer in focus and going deep, not going wide. Why? Dude, because I see so many people just like, they, I, I tell you, it drives me nuts, man. And I, I don't really like go online and yap about it, but like, you can't have 10 businesses doing really well unless you're like Richard Branson. Like if you're like, I, I just, it just doesn't make, cause I know how hard it is to run one or two and the amount of effort you need to put in, unless you have really good operators, which like I said, could be the exception. But I feel like if you get, like Alex Ramosi is a guy I, I really look up to and he talks about like, he got really, 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 really good at that gym launch business for like five, six years. And then he ultimately sold it and then he started something else. And now he's really just focused on that acquisition.com business. So it's like, if you put all of your energy and time and effort into one thing, and keep getting better at that one thing consistently, like that's how you have, in my opinion, like a lot of success. And then at that point, when you have so much money to where like, oh, this business is making five, $6 million a year of net income. Sure, yeah, you start another business, invest in other, like lend money, yeah. like. I think the analogy yeah. I like is um, building bridges. And Brandon Turner told me this to the first ever Maui mastermind I went to, it's what he told me, because I was, I mean, I, I do have multiple business, and I, and I, I to your point, it does, if it takes any of my, like, a lot of them don't take any of my time, right? Yeah. Um, the one the one I focus on is the one that has the most upside and that I can yeah, sell. Yeah, yeah, 100%, um, dude. But at the same time, you're, you're 100% right. But what he told me is building bridges, right? If you build a bunch of bridges halfway built and you just keep moving on to the next bridge, yeah, every single bridge you build, you run into the same roadblock. Like dude. the same thing that stopped yeah, you from growing in one business, then forced you to get to, and you might be a little further along in that business model because sure. it's easier, it's recurring revenue sure. or whatever, but you know, if you quit one business because you suck at hiring, when you go to build the next business and you suck at hiring, you it's haven't solved that same problem yet. Yeah, it's the same Dude, exact problem. Yo, yeah. I love that. Here's a straight fact, and I know you're gonna agree with me here, right? And this is why I'm so certain about it. I see so many freaking people in the single family house business, and I've been in all the masterminds, all the shit you can think about. They're like, F single family houses, whole ceilings for the birds, flipping houses is for dummies. I'm gonna go buy apartment buildings. And you know what they do? They suck at buying apartment buildings because they couldn't solve the problem in their single family business. Okay. And then they just think because apartment buildings have bigger Big numbers, they're automatically gonna have the skill set to be successful doing that. And I think it's foolish. I think, I mean, what are your thoughts on that? I think it's foolish. Well, I think the whole like 10X is easier than 2X thing is real if you know how to operate a business, right? So if you can get a comp if you can get a wholesale real estate company to $5 million a year. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, they they you, don't do and that. You, and you, yeah. you learn yeah. how to hire, you learn yes. how to train, you learn how to manage, yes. you learn how to delegate. Like, yes. Like every like, and I, I know this from fact. Like I've gotten so many different businesses, like five businesses now to seven figures. Yeah, getting to getting from seven figures to five million to five million to ten million, it's a drastically different skill yes. set of understanding how to hire, how to train, how to manage, how to operate. Yeah, that uh, no matter how many 
quick starts you get. If I go into multifamily and I build buy one big building, yeah. But it's still it's me again. I don't, and you don't know how to, you don't learn how to build a team. It's the same exact problem. You so have a track record of problem. having success. I'm talking yeah. about the people who have no, no, no track I, record. I'm of talking success. about general generalized people. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah okay. If, if they haven't built, yes, that's if, what if I they mean, they yeah, don't know how to build a team. Yeah. Start, a, a new a new vehicle isn't going to solve your problem. Exactly. That's what I was trying to get. Like if you suck at aiming a pistol. What makes you think you can shoot a rifle better? And you're two hundred. You're like hundred yards away. You can't hit the thing for your life of you. You need to learn how to shoot a pistol. pistol. Grabbing a rifle yes. or grabbing a machine gun is not going to help you. Yes, yeah. I, dude, I and that's I went through that same bullshit in my head where I was like, like this is a couple years ago. I'm like, oh, houses suck, and like I had all this crap, and I was reading into apartments, and then I actually was at Alex Ramosi thing. He's like, just if you can't build subject A business. What makes you think subject B business is going to be easier? And then within, I was like, within wow. reason, because some industries are a little easier, but like it's for the most part, like dude, like building a call center when you look at like recurring revenue is a lot easier than building a wholesale company. To oh million. yeah, yeah. Building yeah. a call center yeah. ten million is a much easier mathematical equation than building a wholesale company to ten, yeah, 10 yeah. million. So to get this, I think the the scale is different, but I think the basic core principles of running a company. Yeah. If you can't solve those in one business. The no matter, and not even just real estate, any industry. It's exactly what I'm trying to say. Like, whole, like it's just usually it's the wholesaler wants to be the apartment guy. They want to be Grant Cardone, and they can't do ten wholesale deals in a year, and they think that they're going to buy a hundred unit building. And like I said, God bless them. I wish them all the best. But they I just, might, yeah. They might. Yeah. But like, I just think that really, like, I would say, like, this is how I would look at it too. If somebody truly wants to be an apartment building owner, which I think is a great business if you do it the right way, like. They should set a goal. I'm going to get my wholesale business and skill set to two, three million dollars a year, and then when we hit that, that's the unit. That's the marketplace saying, "Oh, we're actually like good enough to build this business." If I want to, at that point, go to do something else, I have earned that right because I've built yeah. this and I have this track record. I would say that the point is, and then John brought this up. It's it's the point to do that is when you're a phase three business. So a phase one business is if you put your down, laptop for down for a day, you can maybe get away with a day from being away from your computer. Yeah. A phase two business is you can do a week. A phase three business, you can do, you can put your laptop down for a month, not do one thing. People get hired, people get trained, yeah. money's coming in, businesses scaling, decisions are being made, and they don't need you. If you can get it to a phase three, then you can go on to the next thing. That's how I really think about it now is if I can get, and I've learned even just so much today by doing these, but I've always thought about that, but that conceptualizes a lot better for me. Like if I can truly, like, like, and I have that. Like, I can go back to my phone after being on here for recording for six hours, and I'm not going to have anyone that needs me urgently. No urgent tasks. Uh, no, no yeah. urgent tasks. Yeah. And um, I think that's what people have to get is if you can truly get to phase three, that means you know how to hire well enough, you know how to systemize well enough to actually build something that doesn't need you. And then even still, you might need to still step in and, and, yeah. and continue to help curate that. But Anyways, man, that, that's a, that's an endless conversation in a podcast right there. But I want to ask you the next question: What is what does money mean to you? What does it mean to you? It's like for for me, money is simply one thing, and it's not doing what I don't want to do. Yeah, I would say it's probably freedom. It's just yeah, it's freedom. It's options, man. It's like it's kind of like same thing. It's options. Like if you have money, I was having a conversation with somebody the other night, and she asked me, she was like, uh, "Do you think success and happiness are the same thing?" And I said, "No." I said, "I think they're actually separate. I think happiness is more of an internal thing." and Success is more of like you know a, a different like achievement like it's I think it's a different like I think you could be a very high achiever and be unhappy. But anyway, back to your question, money is freedom, man. It's just literally validation that you can add value in the marketplace and you get rewarded with money because you bring value and more value you bring the more money you have, especially if you can scale like you know you've done with some of your companies, which is amazing, and you have more options like you could fly on a nicer plane you can get on a boat you don't have to do this on a rowboat uh <laughs> that would be something you know like we're the, not uh, on a rowboat uh, in the uh, you know el cajon <laughs> river or something like that you know uh you could have a nicer car you could live where you want to live you can 
you know, travel at will. Like, you know, I take trips spontaneously and it just money allows me to do that. That's it. Like if it, the reason I couldn't move to San Diego originally is because I did not have the money. And once I got the money, I had the option to move to San Diego and I made the choice to do it. So that's literally how I look at money. Um, it's not the root of all evil. Some crazy ass people say it's just literally freedom and options. And, and it's really a receipt for the value you bring in the marketplace at the end of the day, if you think about it. What's your definition of success? Ooh, man. Uh, that's a, dude, this, I feel like I'm in the therapist chair today, man. This guy's a good interviewer. Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, I think success, it's, it, this sounds cheesy, but it's just, it's chasing down your potential and making progress towards that. Like, I think, you know, it's like if you, whatever your potential is and no one knows until you go, it's like, it's always being in the pursuit of the best version of yourself. It doesn't have to mean money. It could mean relationship. It could mean family. It could mean health, whatever. I just think it's always being in pursuit of your potential and, and, and always trying to set the bar a little bit higher than it was the day before. I think Ed Milad answered that question well. I've never seen the podcast where someone asked him that and he goes, man, I always envision, this is his words, he said, I always envision a version, I get to heaven or whatever, and I envision, I walk up to the gates and there's a version of me. Oh, yeah, yeah, was, yeah, I love when he says that. my potential maximized yeah, and dude. I want to know I did everything to get to that point. I think that's a good way to look at it, right? It's just, yeah. it's, it's a... Um, and, and it leads to either happiness or unhappiness too, because if you chase other people's timelines and success and, and benchmarks, and you can get a really dark place. I agree, um, dude. But, but true, oh, like man. especially with social media, because you don't want like. And I found this to be true. I've met a lot of my my heroes, right? Same. And no matter how much money they have, when I feel back the courage, man, I'm like, I wouldn't trade you. No, dude. And I think I think that's what more people need to, especially when they're starting their journey. That's what they need to understand is, being successful in business is a big part of life because it brings security and options. But at the same time. It's a very small part of, like you were saying, happiness, right? So um, I think it's a good point, man. Uh, next question, how does faith impact your business and yourself? Um, and I don't just mean faith religiously, but every, like for, for, for me, that's what it means, right? But for some people, faith might mean um, faith they can figure things out. Faith in, like, what, what, is, what do you tell yourself about when, when, when times get hard, which they do? I know that, for example, before you got on the boat, I could tell yeah, you. We're getting, yeah, we're yeah. I was on the phone with ripping a guy. So yeah. what's what's your internal operating system for that? Is it, it could for some people it's a belief in God, for some people it's a belief in they just know no matter what happens they're gonna be able to figure it out. Yeah. And I think the biggest difference between winners and losers is they have that system. Yeah, dude. Or when times get brutally hard, which they naturally do, they naturally just have this way of getting up and saying, I always figure it out. And the guys yeah. that don't, they curl up in a ball. I, I, I do. That's a great question, man. Like I said, this this has been a very good interview. Um. I, I think it's, in terms of faith, yeah, I would say it's more of an internal belief thing. It's like you have to have that positive self-talk knowing like as much as this is a pain in the butt or stressful or et cetera, I will figure this out and times will be better even though they're not good now. I think it's talking to yourself and future pacing. This sucks right now. X, Y, Z is Y. I promise it will get better in the future. And it's being able to see a vision of the future that you might not believe is possible because you're going through X, Y, and Z, and let's just say in your business, for example, and it's having the ability to believe and accept that it will get better another day. And and that will lead you to solve the problem to get to the other side. I, I, that's I how that. I kind of look at it. I love that, man. If you could spend a day with any entrepreneur that's currently alive, who would you pick? Ed Milet. Because I, like I, I really, re I, his content really resonates with me. I just think that he has the whole package from what I can tell. Uh, the family, the fa fitness, the faith, the money, I think he's a guy that I would want to really sit. He's a guy that I would, like I said, I don't know him personally, but he seems like a guy I would want to, I can't say I want to trade places with him because I don't know him, but like he seems to be one that really, his message resonates with my values. Um, he's probably, de he's definitely more religious than me, but re despite that, like he's a guy that I really look up to.
and um, I can and I've heard things about him through the grapevine that he's very consistent off camera life. than he is on camera. Like some of these guys, you would be shocked. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're complete schmucks, dude. Hundred percent. Yeah. What? Um. And any any passed away entrepreneurs you could spend a day with? Who would it be? Dale Carnegie. It could be the Ooh, Napoleon uh, Hill. Oh man, that's a good one. Um, I, I would say like. Uh, What's it called? Like Henry, like someone who was like iconic, like a hundred years ago and just kind of get into their mindset and see, like, I, let's just say Henry Ford. Cause like he's been thinking grow rich and all that stuff. Like what was that guy's mental model in a different era and just kind of, cr- and see, and he I would a trillionaire just, now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I would just want to see like, oh wow. Like this guy's mentality, the prince of the underlying principles are the same operating system as the modern day people. There's just different ways to make the money so i would say something i would be very i would be very curious to have that interview with him favorite book favorite book is the compound effect by darren hardy just because it teaches you how to really achieve momentum in your life favorite podcast favorite podcast and there's so many i am like a podcast junkie um i would say probably bigger pockets man i i think especially like on my come up of like real estate stuff like there are so many like bigger pockets episodes that i listen to where i was like wow I got so much freaking value from that hour-long interview, and I'm gonna go put this into my business. So, Fine. yeah, because I try to just okay, like I've listened to so many bigger pockets. I think is, is probably the. How can people get in contact with you? Uh, they can go on my Instagram, Grego underscore thirty-seven, or they can send me an email, Greg at velocityhousebuyers.com. Love it, man. Appreciate you having you coming on. My pleasure. Wow, great show, you guys. Thanks for sticking around for the last hour or so. Myself and Greg, we covered a lot of topics, including um, not just specific to real estate, but overall business tactics and how you can scale and really get, not only get started, but really get your footing and, and build towards whatever your definition of wealth is and where you want to take your life. So as always, a share, a follow, a, um, a comment, a DM means the world. We do take your guys' feedback into account when it comes to guests on the show and topics we cover. Um, and as always, you guys, whether you listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, if you could subscribe and leave us a review, that means the world. And until next time, you are only one deal away.